Good evening. We never started a shit like that. Saying good evening. That's interesting. Good evening. Why don't we hear that? That, that, that's... I never thought of that. We have to go through the archives. We always start saying what the Shear's title is, what the subject is, what's going to happen, where we are. We never say good evening first. Wow. The uh, logistics that we have to go through. Okay, this is social uh, social handicap. <laughs> we don't start with good evening. We'll have to uh, see to rectify that one day. Parshas Tazria. Ishok is Tazria v'yolda zocher. A woman conceives, gives birth, and gives birth to a boy. Beautiful thing that happens. The woman conceived, gave birth to a boy. And we discuss the laws of childbirth, how long the woman is impure after the childbirth, And then, Hashmini, on the eighth day, the boy has a bris. Is that a must? Can it be earlier? Can it be later? There are many discussions as to the logistics behind the eighth day. Today, many people will tell you that when you say the eighth day, it's talking about a musical group. You can Google them. A wonderful bunch of fellows. They just had a uh, put out a new record they called, I think, Yalili or something. The, uh, Yalili. You can Google it, I guess. It's on YouTube. Bunch of Jewish boys. Um, but not the eighth day we're talking about. Yes, we're getting a regimen of exercise on our heads. Now, generally a Pasha, the name of the Pasha, Tells us what it's all about. When we say Kisazia, woman conceives, gives birth to a little baby boy, we would expect maybe the partial continue. Three years old, the haircut. Thirteen years old is by mitzvah. other mitzvahs. Instead, the terror makes a total 360-degree turnaround. And the rest of the Pasha discusses leprosy. A person was struck with leprosy. The leprosy appeared on the skin of the person, hand, whatever it might have been. And it was a direct punishment for speaking Lashon Hara. Anyone hearing that in the normal world says, wow, a direct punishment for speaking what's not. I mean, the Bashemta says, person who speaks Lashon Hara kills three people. Kills the person that hears it, himself, saying it, and the person that's spoken about. Lashon Hara is extremely, extremely severe. If we would suffer the immediate uh, consequence following a sin, 
we would have a total different dimension, a total different outlook on life. Because call a spade a spade. If we were able to immediately pay the price for the sin, a few things. Item A, we'd be clean, we'd be cleansed at all times. Sin, punished. Sin, punished, clean. Over, move over, move next. On the other hand, if you feel the repercussion of what you've done, There are two things when it comes to doing tshuva, repentance. One is chayrata, having regret for what you have done. And then there is to take the future decision, achlata teva, henceforth, stop doing that. Generally, lahavdal, <laughs> they had a very interesting uh, experiment I don't know if we'll have a name, mention the name of the country, because then it becomes very controversial, and you have to talk about different things there rather than what we're saying. But in Japan, <laughs> they had a phenomenal experiment. The cows. This is a true story. The cows were outfitted with beepers, and when they got beeped. They came to get milked. Kind of like a yeah, they beeped the cow be around his neck, and they got the beep. He came to get his milk. Now, generally, they also have um, electrified gates. When animals are trained, if they go near the gate, they get zapped. A an average animal will start, go once, go twice, and then realize, I, don't better, I better not do that again. The dumber animal will a few more times to do it. <laughs> Told the story a million times. The two guys sitting in a bar, 11 o'clock at night. And um, they're watching the news, the 11 o'clock news. And there's a big humble tumble outside a tremendous big building in the middle of the town. There's a fellow up on the roof and he's threatening to jump. The SWAT team, there's this team, there's that team, and there's the psychiatrists and psychologists and they're trying to talk him out of it and they're, they're trying to radio him and they're trying everything they can. Here's these two men sitting by the bar. One says to the other one, Bet you a hundred bucks he doesn't do, I bet you a hundred bucks he doesn't jump. Second guy says, you know what, you're on. I bet you a hundred bucks he jumps. Lo and behold, they wait, the guy jumps. Alright. Guy has no choice, takes out the hundred dollars and gives it to him. Second guy says, figure I can't take your money. He says, well, what do you mean? A bet was a bet. I saw this on the seven o'clock news, I knew he's jumping. So the guy turns around and says, I also saw the Southern Clock News. So he says, so you knew he was jumping. Why would you bet that he wasn't going to jump? He says, I couldn't believe that he would do it again. <laughs> so if we, if we got the consequence, the punishment for a sin on the spot, Johnny on the spot, who would sin again? Who would even dream of doing another sin? By just knowing and seeing what you just went through, person will run for their dear lives. However, Saras was just that. The leprosy was just that. The person who spoke Lashon Hara was afflicted with this leprosy. So we have to understand what is punishment all about. I mean, is punishment to hurt the person? When a person is given a punishment for an avera, is it to punish him to hurt him? Or is it a cleansing? It's something to elevate the person that did the sin. 
there are times where a person has to go through a treatment, Rahman al The treatments for Yanamachna, the, the, the chemotherapies or the radiation, person suffers terribly from it. The person not only suffers from it, but the actual treatment damages other parts of the body as well, the good parts. So the Chapella, what's the who did he that invented this? What kind of stupidity is this? A person should sit there and suffer? What are they seeing from this? They're seeing suffering, nothing more. But if you tell the person, the person goes to the doctor and says, Doctor, what did you do to me? The doctor says, Fool, I'm healing you. I might be destroying good blood, good cells, and good good things, and anything else also in the body. Yes, that could be, but that's the price to pay for the healing. At the end of the day, the person is being healed. So too is a punishment. When a person is punished for their sin. Nobody's looking to hurt them. They're being cleansed. By cleansing it, the Avera separates a person from Torah, from God. The Torah says the Torah being not a law, but the Torah itself says if you will leave me for one day, I will leave you for two. How does that work? It's double-sided sword, is what the word is. It means that, I don't know if you ever saw gunslinging duels. What's a gunslinging duel? Back in the Wild Western days, It'd be a challenge for a gunsling. They would stand back to back. And they would take walk in opposite directions ten paces. And on ten they would turn around and shoot. Sometimes they shot each other. But sometimes the quicker draw one. How many paces were there between them? The guy took ten steps. How many steps were between them? Twenty. Why? Because he took one this direction, he took one in the other direction. And so too, says the tailor, we're back to back in that case. When you turn away from me, when you leave me for a day, we stand back to back. We're not face to face any longer. Because you're leaving me for a day. So therefore you're stepping away one day, I step away one day. Says God, when you sin, you remove yourself from me. You sever a strand that connects us. Therefore what does tshuva do? What does punishment do? Punishment repairs, and punishment reconnects, revitalizing the connection, bringing back to life the connection between person and God. So although, when the person is suffering, the person is in gefer, like a terrible pain, at the moment, still in all, the person does not see the goodness and kindness of God in what he's going through. And this is exactly what goes on here. That the sufferer is ultimately being cleansed. He will learn ultimately to shut his mouth and not to speak Lashon Hara again. So much so, that if God forbid he would ever speak Lashon Hara a second time, He'd grab his tongue and grab his mouth and 
Oh no, what did I just do? So although he would might not, might not necessarily on that second Lashon Hara receive the immediate punishment because he's totally remorseful on the spot but that in itself could sometimes backfire. How would it backfire? Because because I wasn't immediately punished I forgot totally what's all about being punished. Since I forgot what is being about is being punished, the second time I say it, I don't say, uh-oh, what did I do? The second time I say it, I say, hey, listen, nothing happened last time, doesn't happen this time either. And the person can get fooled into revisiting that sin. Mashenkin, if the person is punished each time the person does the sin, the person will remember the second time, third time he doesn't go back to the gate again. He doesn't go back to the electrified gate because he learned his his lesson. Therefore, what do we see now from the person, the leprosy, the person that suffers from Tzeras, that the person is going through a certain punishment. And the person's punishment is a suffering. But that suffering is elevating the person's status. And therefore, the Pasha is called Tazria, because a person that suffers from Tzeras is like he's dead. He's totally excommunicated. He can't live amongst the people. He has to be taken out of the, out of the Machana. Out of the camp. So when he does Chivanel, he comes back to the camp, his saras is, is healed, he's reborn. By being reborn, Yishaki Tazia. Therefore, he fits right into the parsha of Tazia. Because he's now reborn again. So although he went through the leprosy, but the leprosy was a healing factor. And this is not only leprosy. Today's day we don't have the leprosy, we don't have the kahanim with the leprosy. We don't have Abes Amigdash. But we have, unfortunately, other sufferings. When a person goes through suffering, Rahman al-Fan, he has to know and recognize that he ultimately deserved it. If he deserved it, God gave it to him. A person does not get what God doesn't deserve. There are two people, Heshea. There was Heshea HaKodl, Heshea HaKotn. One was a big one, one was a short guy. The big fellow was a very, very wealthy, well-to-do man. Heshea HaKotn was not a very well-to-do man. But he lived from hand to mouth. A business deal, he fed his family. A business deal, fed his family. Boy, Yemen, a shipment came to town, was coming to town, it was confiscated by the government. It was confiscated by the government, and word had it that it was little Hesheah's, Hesheah Cotton. Hesheah Cotton heard that his shipment was confiscated, he fainted. He just couldn't take the pain. Suffering was beyond. Every time they tried to wake him up, he fainted again. They didn't know what to do. They went to the Tzemach Tzedek and told the Tzemach Tzedek the story. And Tzemach Tzedek said, it's not his. It wasn't his shipment, it's the Sheagadol's. Tell him. And they went and they told him, it's not your shipment, it's the Sheagadol's. And he woke up. And lo and behold, it was the Sheagadol's shipment. It was indeed not his. They asked Samar Tzedek, you always pride yourself, you don't do miracles. What happened here? The Bashem said, Samar Tzedek said, Debeshe does not patch with both hands. Debeshe does not give somebody something he can't handle. When I saw Hesheya Kotten could not handle this, I knew it was not his. Because no matter how much the suffering is, a person overcomes the suffering. A person can't overcome it, it means it's not his suffering. So I realize it's somebody else's.
whether or not that was actually what the, what the Samosadik saw, we don't know. But the Samosadik tried to always um, enclose, shall we say, things in a way of physical world so nobody should suspect him of doing miracles. Um... <coughs> So we see, therefore, that the saras or any suffering, any punishment, is because a person deserved it. And when a person goes through certain pain, a person deserves it. A person goes through certain humiliations, they deserve it. Nobody can ever suspect Hashem did something to them and they didn't deserve it. Pasuk tells us, very, very interesting in the parasha, that the person has to go to the Kayin. The Kayin is Ish Chesed, the kind fellow of the Kayin. And the Kayin has to check this out to make sure that ultimately it clears up. The Kayin is also the one that declares the person impure. And the Pasuk finally finishes off, Viraha Kayin. And the Kayin saw it, Vihine Lehafach Nega, it did not turn around. Hafach ene is means his eye didn't turn around. What it should really say is hafach marov, mare, marato. It's the way it looks. Why is it saying hafach ene? The eye didn't turn around. So this is in conjunction, what we just said, the idea of pain, the idea of the tzeras, is to get the person to repent. Let's take the word nega. It's written nun gimel ayin. Three beautiful letters. The Torah is always the letters of Torah, beautiful. Take the same letters, scramble them around, and put the eye in front instead of the back. What do you got? Eye in nun gimel. Oneg. What more complete opposite? To nega is there than oneg? What? A person that's told you're free but you've been free all the time have you accomplished anything? no have you made him happy? no I'm free I'm free I was free yesterday so you're free today again? take a person like one of the son Jonathan Pollock God should try to send him his freedom immediately or Gilad Shalit God should also speedily send his redemption in good health and tell them they're free imagine the simcha imagine the joy and the happiness that will take place from nega if the person clears everything up it's an oneg he comes back to his home when the person is the leprosy He's put out the pasture. He's out of the... Fi- he has no one to tell Lashon Hara to. It's a tremendous suffering. A solitary confinement, God forbid, is, is one of the worst of the worst. I told many times of uh, Mendel Futafas. Very, very prominent chassid. Who was in solitary confinement for many, many years in Siberia. And overcame, overcame the years. Sure, it took its toll in its own way on him. But generally, the way he came out, he was a chassid that ultimately fabrained and taught 
and, and was was a life mentor. He was a life lesson. He was a living, living. To, you know, watching him and watching his actions and listening to every expression that he always had. It's interesting. We say Tehillim every day. Well, Tehillim is divided up into thirty days in a month. When a Hebrew month has only twenty nine, on the twenty ninth day we say the twenty ninth and the thirtieth day. Tehillim has one hundred fifty chapters. We also say a chapter coinciding with our own age. A man that's 53 years old says, because the person is in their 54th year of life. Throughout that year. <coughs> a person that's 43, because they're in the 44th, 44th year. Etc. Some that say their own, some say their spouse, some say they're all their children, their grandchildren, whatever they say. All those that are close to them, that they're their loved ones. So once someone asked the Mendel, if my capital comes out on the day that we say that capital anyway, because we're saying that portion of the month, do I have to say it again? Or is it enough if I said it the first time? So Mendel smiled and said, <coughs> if you're transporting a wagon full of tar, do you have to still put tars on the wheels? The wheels still got to be greased. If you don't grease the wheels, then I go. <coughs> Therefore, ultimately, Mendel said that obviously you do have to. Oh, you do. Of course, you have to because if you're not going to put the tar on the wheel, the wheel isn't going anywhere. Breaking matzah tomorrow, one to five. When? Tomorrow afternoon. Tonight we had the uh, honor of taking Mayim Shalom, very very spiritual, touching moment. I'll try to talk about it soon. So we're going back to Velo Hakoyev Hine Loi Hofach, His eye is iron. The letter I, not I in his eye. Enei, his letter I in Lehafach, he did not turn around. He did not see to it that the nega is turned into an enig. That he accepted the suffering with love and understood from God that yes, it was a punishment that I deserved and therefore I will now do tshuva, have charata on what I did and henceforth not do this again. He didn't do that. Lehafach. That's when the problems come about. Then the person has to ultimately stay again. They stay a second week. This is the Hafach in Ayin, Einog. In the Tanakh, we have a story of a fellow, a general of the king of Aram. His name was Naman. Naman also was struck with a leprosy. And his king, Melech Haram, sent him to the Jewish king. He couldn't do anything for Tachav. And Achav could not help him. Elisha, the prophet, got word of what happened to Naaman and he told Naaman go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River the Yardin so Naaman thought that perhaps Elisha wanted himself to prepare himself to purify himself before he comes to Elisha and then Elisha would wipe, wipe it away with his hand or something and when he emerged from the seventh dip it was gone so he came before Elisha to ask him what happened, How, what happened to my Tiras, how did you do this? Elisha told him your name is Naamun spelled Nun Ayin Mem Nun I thought through the Torah 
And I found three psukim that start with a nun, end with a nun, have an iron mem in the middle. One psuk is Nega Tsaras Kisieb Adam Vhuvalakayin. If a person will have the nega, the nega tzaras, the leprosy, and he will bring it to the kayin. So nega starts with a nun. Tzaras is tzadik reish ayin, has the ayin. Kisieb adam, adam is a shlos mem in middle, at the end of it. And v'huva la kayin, there's a nun, finishes with a nun. So is namam. That's the first thing. So you, Naaman, went to the Kohen, to the king. The second passage says, Novi mikir me'achicha The Navi from amongst you that will stand up. Yakim l'cha Hashem alaykecha, elov tishmon. Will stand up for you, for the God, your God, and you to him you should listen. Again, the passage starts with a nun. Novi. Tishma'un ends with a nun. And you have in between the ayin in the word Tishma'un. Ayin, Tishma, the ayin. And you have also the mem, Tishma'un, mem. Uh, uh, here goes Skype. Skype is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Let's go shout out again. So again, now we have a second pasuk. He says that starts with the nun and ends with the nun, which translates that from the navi, from the prophet that will be there, God will send out to you, and you should listen to him. Listen to the prophet. A third pasuk that says that mentions this nun ayin mem nun is nachenu naver. Chalutzim lefnei Hashem el Eretz Kenan. Ve'etin achuzas nachlasenu meiva leyardin. Again, the nun in the beginning, and the nun at the end, and a mem and an ayin in between. Which is, we will go over, and before God to the land of Kenan, and we will come into the yardin. So I saw, therefore, that the going over of the Yardin and was the solution to your problem. And that's why I ultimately sent you to dip in the Yardin. There's many things to talk about the Pasha with Bismillah, the different things that go on, with the Bismillah, the education. Um, there's two things that we have to discuss still. First of all, the Shabbos is Pasha Sachedish. Pasha Chedish, Achedish is Adachem, Reish Chadashim. This month should be to you the month of Reish Chadashim. Technically, Technically, this should be, says the Torah, the first parsha of the Torah. This should be the first mitzvah that's mentioned. But yet, we learn many other things about Chumashim, Bereshus, etc. The question is, HaChidosh and Pora, we spoke last week, 
are always in conjunction one after the other. But not Hachedish is only after Para, but rather Para precedes Chedish. When there's Chedish, whenever Pasha Chedish is, Pasha Chedish could be one of two things. Pasha Chedish could be the Shabbos before Rish Chedish Nisan. Or it could be on Rish Chedish Nisan. Shabbos Rish Chedish Nisan. People keep getting disconnected, I don't know why. Sorry about that. I have no idea what's going on with this uh, Skype. It's not my fault. So Pasha's Pada is the Shabbos before Chedesh, whenever Chedesh is. Pasha's Pada talks about the Pada Aduma purification of the people. Pasha Chedish is talking to us about Chedish, about the Karban, Chabanis, and the Mishkan. So the question is, the Chayre, how did you bring the Paraduma without a Mishkan? If you didn't have the Mishkan, how could you bring a Paraduma? So the Chayre, therefore, Chedish should be before para. Zakman, no. The whole idea is the purification and the elevation that takes place in on para. Once the person is purified and the person is elevated to a level that they can now achieve spirituality, then we go into Mishkan. And in essence, really, This is quite a shakla uh, v'tayya that ever goes back and forth to this. Shaklavatari, those those who want to go into it is in Khaidik Bezakutasikas and the Sikha Pasha Shmini, it goes from fifty seven to about sixty-one. You can go to the back and forth the Shaklavatariya of why Pada Davka is before Khaidish and how exactly this works out. We started last week discussing Hilchas Pesach. <coughs> Interestingly um, there are many different things. Hilcha for example, that people might learn, or people might read about, or might hear about. But the general child today comes home and sees a chicken on the plate, or a piece of meat on his plate, doesn't imagine or fathom what went on to get that chicken here. The taking of the chicken, the slaughtering of the chicken, the defeathering and the koshering and the taking out the kishkas and the checking of the little minute chicken. That piece of chicken that's sitting on his plate, he ca- he doesn't even, even if the boy does do kaparas with chickens and loaves and kippah, he doesn't put the two and two together. It doesn't, doesn't go. And of course, with meat. The person, the child, is definitely not relating to the steak on his on his plate. 
to a, cow, a, a steer that's walking around in the field eating grass. Today, though, there is still opportunity, Baruch Hashem, because certain things that did not change, certain things that we keep and traditionalize, which is handmade matzah. Shmura matzah, which was made by a person. They have to do machine matzah with almost all the hidurim. Within 18 minutes, with everything else. And you know something, you gotta sometimes wonder, because these machine matzahs are done perfectly, one, two, three, in and out. Mara. Therefore, we look in Hilchas Pesach. And Hilchas Pesach doesn't just say, Halacha, make your matzahs by hand. But rather, in Hilchas Pesach, Shulchan Aruch goes through the entire concept. Dine hachitim, be'eze matzah in yetzi dechavosai, din mayim shaloshin behem matzah, shir kamas dishes hamatzahs, dine hagas chalabis is matzah, zmanah seidah dishes hamatzahs mitzah, so in essence, we're looking almost here at uh, 10, 11 simonim in Shulchan Aruch, where it discusses The, 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 the whole concept, the whole Ayveda of doing matzahs, of making the matzahs. So it's therefore very important, not only traditionally to keep it going, not only traditionally to show the children how it's done, but even more so it's important that it's kept to the utmost of Ashgacha. Is that as easy as it sounds? No, it's not anywhere near as easy as it sounds. But still, this is what matzah is all about. This is what Shemitah Samatza is all about. Prior to that, prior to the Mitzvah Samatzas, of how the matzah has to be taken, how they go out into the field, and how they cut the wheat, and how they prepare the wheat, and how the grains are, are watched, and how they're hung up and suspended in bags so that it doesn't get wet, and how it's made sure that it doesn't get wet so that it shouldn't go 18 minutes, and that it shouldn't be cut. All these halachas we go through, and they're learned and restudied, revisited, and we come and you walk into a matzah bakery, and they have a kosher matzah bakery that's done right says the Jew it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's lovely but nothing like a Jew saying but then you know you're in trouble but my grandmother told me as good as good as best and as best good as good not talking about if it's good as good but better is better. Jewish guilt. Jewish bubby guilt. The worst. You never made the bubby happy. No, what you did wasn't enough. Bubby, I came home with a 99 on the test. Where's the other point? Somebody else took your point. What happened to the other point? They expect it from us. Today's generation, Bobby and Zaydi walk around with silver spoons, giving the grandchildren whatever they want. 
There's a certain trepidation. A fear factor. That I won't connect. I won't have the rapport with my children. My grandparents, I don't think, were into uh, uh, movies, up-to-date movies, etc., So, what entertained them? What kept them busy? Well, my grandmother was always cooking, and my grandfather was always learning, or working. My poor grandfather was a sheikhit, and a chazan. Came to tradition, to the baking of matzah, you walk into the bakery, they have rolling pins, the people are doing it by hand, you have one person making a dough, the water is in one room, the flour in a separate room, closed totally, a window opens up, and they pour from one into the bowl, and they close the window, and they open the other window, and they pour from the other room, so no contact comes from one room to the next, the whole process is taken within 18 minutes and they've been take, they took the matzahs and they took the dough and they rolled out the pieces of the dough and they made holes in the roll and it goes onto a stick, goes into the oven it gets taken out, gets put onto a wagon to cool and you have a fellow that has his job to check the matzahs They're inspecting, what are you inspecting? the matzahs are matzah, it went through the process it came out, no Sometimes the matzah gets a kfula. It gets a fold. A fold? A fold. If it gets a fold, it's not good. Because you might have something inside that didn't bake properly. That piece has to get broken off. And if matzah has a piece broken off, it's no longer a shalom. It's no longer a shlemus. If it's not shleimus, you can't use it for the chemishni, you can't use it for the kaira, you can't use it. But it came out of the other one. No. This man has that job. Comes the frumayid. It says, beautiful. Doing a great job. But it's not enough for me. I don't want that lady rolling matzahs for 18 minutes with the same stick. I want each matzah to have its own stick. Roll out a matzah, give me the stick and the matzah. We'll go make a hole and we'll clean the stick. So each matzah is rolled, each stick uses only one rolling. It finishes off, excuse me, one matzah and gets changed for another stick. Now the people that are rolling the stick, rolling the matzahs would like to keep the same stick because you get comfortable with your stick. I'm sure it makes things very, very difficult when these fanatics come into the bakery. Then the fanatic turns around and says, Oh, you're making the water and the flour in a bowl. A nice metal bowl. I don't want a second dough made in that bowl. But it's not 18 minutes. Then 18 minutes is no problem. No, I don't want that. You finish the dough, give me the bowl, I'll give you a second one, and I'm washing out the bowl. And they stand there the entire basis, right? And the entire process, each time a dough is made, the bowl is taken, another bowl is given, and that bowl gets washed and dried. And the third, so usually you have to have a minimum of three bowls for that. And throughout the 18 minutes, the bowls each get used about four or five times. Again, it's going down. I don't know what is wrong with this. Okay, let's see what happens. Keep video on. Okay. So this is what's called Hidr Mitzvah. Taking the matzahs and going to an umpteenth level of kashas, of the standard, and doing your entire Pesach as such. 
Let us go into Shulchan Arach again about the Medikis Chametz. Although a person will only be committing the sin of Bayirar Bayamatza, of not seeing and not finding Chametz in his house, only from Pesach on, still in all the person has the obligation of the night prior to make what's called Medikis Chametz. Uvayim Arishan refers to the 14th day of Nisan. And matzahs are eaten from that night on. But the sa'ir, the sourdough, the chametz has to be taken out of the house. Bidikas chametz is made, and during the Bidikas chametz we say a kol chamira v'chamira, we make the chametz hefker, after it's done. The bracha is made al-bir chametz. Not al-bedikas chametz. Because we are having in mind we are not going to make another bracha tomorrow when we burn the chametz. But rather we are relying now on this bracha and this is going to also entail the burning of the chametz. Prior to the Bidikas Chametz, to the burning of the Chametz, the person has to confront the issue of Mechiras Chametz. The person has to go to his local rabbi and discuss how he's going to sell his Chametz. If you're traveling overseas, you have to discuss with your rabbi if he wants to discuss it with you or he wants you to discuss it with the rabbi aware of your destination. Because when you have different time zones, you run into problems here. For example, someone travels to Israel. They're going to start Pesach seven hours hours earlier than the person in America was six. So therefore, if they start at ten o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, three o'clock in the afternoon here. However, they're not allowed to have chametz ready from 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So they're not allowed to have chametz 12 o'clock in the afternoon, but here at 6 o'clock in the morning. So at this point, though, at 6 o'clock in the morning, your chametz has not been given to the guy yet. So the chametz still belongs to them. But, on the other hand, if they sell the chametz in Israel, then they're going to have the eighth day the chametz is brought back from the guy in Israel, while the chametz is still here. Pesach. But even if they're not at home, there should not be chametz by the house. It's not going to be for the whole. Home you, that you sell the house, you sell the apartment. So this hopefully mention next Wednesday. As of next Wednesday, we should have uh, the paperwork for the selling of the chametz. And be able to sell your chametz here. And the Wednesday after. And of course, anytime during the week, anyone wants to come by. And hopefully, this year will be Nechem and Azvachim and Absachim in Yerushalayim, Irak Kedesh, will eat from the actual carbon Pesach. Laila Tov to all. She was getting rid of that day, she was saying